Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. So turn with me and your Bibles to Psalm chapter 43, verses 1 through 5. Uh, Welcome, by the way, those of you that are connecting with us from all over the place. We miss our South Orlando location, miss our... Nona campus. We miss meeting in person. As a matter of fact, we just, my shoe is untied. Hold on. Might as well. We're just getting it all done right here in this one service. Oh, yeah. And I'm social distanced, so no one can help me. It's, it's, it's some things you have to do yourself, you know. So, We made some announcements this week. We got some really cool things coming up that we talked about a little bit earlier. Looking forward to seeing you, connecting with you at these events that we have planned. Uh, Cannot wait to meet together again. I just want to say something before we get started. Please, City of Life, do not be a church in any way that looks at other churches that are meeting and thinks that our church is better than any other church. Every person has to navigate through what we're going through. I expect city of life members to be mature Christian believers that encourage one another and do not bring, everyone's got to figure out how to do this. Some churches are having trouble even moving forward. Uh, So to be judging people for different calls uh, is is inappropriate uh, for a a mature believer. And uh, I think that we need to keep moving forward and, and to do it with some joy. Man, I'm getting, look at this. I'm getting texts from all over the place. Okay, so hold on. We are still up on We See You Live. Okay, this is good. YouTube is on. Everyone's blowing me up. This is what happens. So I'm trying to figure out, Lynn, okay, everyone's saying we're on. So good. We'll just keep going. All right, so Psalm chapter 43. Maybe this is why all of my friends pre-record their services. We do our services live. Uh, Because that's just what we do. And we might just keep doing that. But either way, Uh, Psalm chapter 43 says this. It says, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That's Psalm 43, 1 through 5. Then Galatians 5, 22 is our general text for our series that we're in right now called Orchard. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I'm going to talk this week in our series on Orchard on the subject of joy. Father, bless this message today. Thank you that in all times you're faithful and you're good. And we thank you for that song that we just came out of. Nothing else will do. I just want you. We pray that you are truly the source of everything that's good in our lives. We recognize you as the source of all of our satisfaction. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, quarantine will make you do some some wild stuff, won't it? I know that uh, 
my hair ha is, is at the point right now. I think my other shoe is untied now. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to just let you look. For all you obsessive compulsive people, um, I'm not sure what was going on this morning, but it's got one shoe untied, one knot, stream busting down. I don't, and it's the day that I'm preaching about joy. So you're watching me work it out in, in our salvation and fear and trembling. Can I get an amen from somebody that's watching online? But uh, quarantine, man, my hair is like at the point, you know your hair, you know you need a haircut when you just decide to change your overall hairstyle. You know what I mean? You just go, you know what? I've, I've always wanted, I, I could do the Aquaman thing. Like, you know, like it's, I'm not that different. I mean, I am, but you just think that for, for a moment. You just kind of go through that direction. But one of the things that quarantine has done, as Amy was mentioning last week, is it, is it kind of it has, has created a new family member in the Smith family. No, we didn't have a baby. We bought a dog, uh, this dog, Bama who I don't know the level of intelligence of this dog. I don't know. I, hopefully you can't judge a dog's long-term intelligence by uh, how many times they run into a couch over and over. Uh, because if you can, we're in trouble with this dog. Uh, but this is one cute dog. Uh, I have a picture of the dog. Can we show the picture of the dog? Okay, let's look at you, you should be looking at a picture right now of Bama. Does it really matter how many times that dog runs into a couch? No, of course not. She, tried, she was with Zoe yesterday, chasing Zoe through the living room, and she jumps up to try to get on the couch with her, and she can't make the jump. She just runs nose first into the couch and falls down. Zoe was laughing so hard. It was such a funny, cute moment, and it was just going on over and over. Our whole family was just cracking up, laughing. Don't you love moments that are just full of joy? Isn't joy wonderful. I love that feeling of joy. As a matter of fact, joy is an evidence that the Holy Spirit is living in your life. Amy talked about love last week. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about orchard, making sure that our life is a life that produces fruit, that we are like a tree planted in the orchard of God, and that when we produce fruit, we are showing that God is growing something in us. And that is the way we can gauge our life. I was talking with uh, Carl Lentz last night. We were on the phone. Well, actually, we were not on the phone. We were, on, we were talking on headsets because we were playing a video game. <laughs> and we were for almost two hours. Uh, we were sermon prep. And uh, when we were talking, we were talking about this, this, the message. And I was telling him, I was saying, you know, the way that I gauge my spiritual growth in life is when I look back at, the years of my life and I see, am I growing consistently in the fruit of the spirit? Am I growing in love? Am I growing each year in joy? Do I have more joy? Or maybe is this a pullback year for joy? But at least symmetrically, I'm growing in some other areas. So joy is this area that we need to keep our eye on to make sure that we're being uh, uh, cultivated by the power of the Holy Spirit, that joy is constantly growing in our lives. And I chose an interesting text today in Psalm 43 because it's a text that there's a tug of war going on in David when he's writing it. A lot of times in, in, in the Christian faith, we'll use texts or scriptures that, you know, just I'm more than a conqueror. And, and that's it. Just I'm more than a conqueror. And it's sort of like 
if you're not careful to read the context of the most, most of the things that you're quoting sometimes, you'll forget that there's multiple sides to it. And I think the power of God's word is that it doesn't hide the struggle. It doesn't hide the difficulty. It's not afraid of it. It says here in this text, he says, vindicate me, O God. See, there's a tug of war going on. He says, defend my cause against ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. See, he is fighting discouragement in his spirit. He has no joy and he's fighting. I wonder if you're fighting today. I wonder maybe if some discouragement is trying to settle into your heart and trying to settle into your life. Maybe you're feeling yourself getting down right now about what's going on with the world around you and things that you cannot control. Some Christians don't like to admit that there's a war in their soul. Why? Because it makes them look vulnerable and weak. Well, you know what? You should be vulnerable and weak because the Bible says, Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. So if you're constantly trying to pretend that there's nothing wrong, you're failing. David admits that there's a struggle. He admits that there's a failure in his life. He admits that there, the failure is not trusting and not believing God the way he should. And he's, he's, he's saying, vindicate me. He's saying evil things have been done toward me. Injustices are happening to me that I don't deserve. Be my defender. And I think that sometimes as Christians, if you think Christianity is supposed to be this thing where you're never frustrated, you're never upset, you're never angry, you got the wrong faith. Apparently you've never heard somebody that, named Paul who literally ranted. He, he said, how come I can't ever do the things that I want to do every time I try to do the one thing that I want to do, the thing I don't want to do comes and makes me do the thing that I don't want to do. And then I try to do the right thing and then this creeps up again and I can't, I mean, it's just a rant. It's almost just like that. Anybody ever feel like that? If you feel like that, just say amen. By the way, y'all need to be chatting it up today. And Facebook, col, dot TV, cityoflife.live, YouTube, chat it up today. Let some people know that we're having church. Amen? So don't try to paint this picture of our faith that is this brittle kind of thing that if something's wrong, it means the whole thing collapses. No, it gets stronger when things are wrong. It, it only gets stronger when things are wrong. Why? Because someday God is going to eliminate all of sin He's going to eliminate all suffering, all pain, and it's going to be a testimony for eternity that his way is the right way. But for now, when we struggle and we're able to overcome, he gets the glory. Don't look for a kind of faith that fixes everything. Look for a kind of faith that flourishes in everything. You don't have to have a solution for everything. That's what David is doing here. It's okay to feel both ways about things. See, David is saying, I've been robbed of my joy. I've been robbed, I've been robbed of, 
a free spirit. I'm feeling heavy. It's okay to go, I want to wear a mask and I don't want to wear a mask. It's okay. You don't have to choose one. You can be wearing one going, I wish I wasn't wearing this. Or you cannot wear one and go, I need to be wearing it. Just don't wear, not wear one around me. I don't even know what that was, but I'm feeling froggy today. So we have to stop pretending like we never struggle and we have to be vulnerable with God. He says, vindicate me. So here, here in this passage, I just want to point something out. He does three things here. In, in Psalm 43, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he does three things. One is predictable. Two are very deep and profound. Stay with me today. Lean in. Take notes. Pay attention. God has got something for you. You're going to learn something about joy today if you'll stick with it. Yeah, I mean, you could do 10 million other things right now. You could think of a million other things while I'm talking right now. You could turn it. You could put something else on. You could finish your show from Netflix. Don't do it. You'll miss something important. God's got something to say to you about this guy that was writing this thousands of years ago. If you just listen and you open up your heart for a second, I believe there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. So here he does three things. One is predictable. Two of them are deep and profound. First, let's get into the predictable one. Number one, the predictable thing is what we all do. He wants vindication. When injustice has taken place in our lives, whether we're a Christian or a non-Christian, we want to be vindicated. We get angry. We get mad. We get frustrated. And he says, God, they've been unfaithful. Rescue me. People are deceitful. They're wicked. They're mean. They do things against me that I don't deserve. You're my stronghold. He's, he's going, hey, why have you even rejected me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? So he's literally saying, I am down. I am depressed. I am oppressed. I'm sad all of the time because of what everyone has done to me. So number one is not, you know, it's pretty predictable. It's not very unusual. We all want vindication, but now two and three are different. Number two, he asks for divine truth. In verse three, he says, send your light and truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Now that is not predictable. In the middle of our turmoil, in the middle of things that we don't understand to go, God, show me your way. No, we want to keep pointing out our way. We want to go back to the, the first thing he did. He did this. He did that. Get him. Make him pay. Make him hurt. Expose this. Expose. That's what we want to do. We want to keep going back to number one. But the second thing that he did here, he says, give me divine truth. Show me things from your perspective. Send out your light and your truth. It takes humility. And by the way, you say, what does this have to do with joy? Well, if you want it, you better keep listening because this is the path to it. Okay, so he says here, give me light, give me truth, show me your way, send out your light. Actually, you know what? We got to get a hold of this. The second thing that he does, he asks for divine truth. Give me your truth. But then part of number two is also this. 
he recognizes that God is the source of his joy. So he asks for divine truth and he recognizes that God is the source of his joy. He says, give me divine light and truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. Then I'll go to the altar of God, to my God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with a guitar. This says liar, but guitar. I'm from Alabama. My shirt says Alabama backwards, but it does say it. I will praise you with a lyre. Oh God, my God. So he asks for divine truth. And he recognizes God as the source of all joy. Ooh. See, and, and what you're going to see is the next thing he does. That's the, I remember one is predictable. The second thing he does, which is ask for divine truth and recognize God as the source of joy. That's, that's the second thing. That's not that predictable. But it changed, the, the second thing changes his whole narrative He's, he changes the way he's talking in the, in the last verse and everything changes. He starts saying in the last verse, here's what I'm going to do. He says, once you've given me your light and your truth, once I've recognized you as the source of all my, somebody say, God is the source of my joy. Come on, just type it right now. Say, God is the source of my joy. Come on, say, God alone is the source of my joy. Just type it right now. Come on, somebody say, nothing else will do. I just want you. It's a real one. That's a real one. Why? It smells like a lemon. Fake. To completely fake. See, what it's saying is that all the other joy, it's the fake one, it's the real one. All the other joy that I've had in my life has failed me. When I pull a Mahdi and I try to take a bite out of it, you're going to have to watch my other message if you want to know what that means. It's saying, but when I recognize you as the source of my joy, I guess joy is a lemon. Yeah. I'm sure there's spiritual, I don't even know what that means because it's sour. What does that mean, Jeff? Okay. All those things are there and I pull a lemon for joy. Somebody come up in the room just help me in the room. Come up with some kind of deep, powerful, profound reason that a lemon can be joyful and type it in there. And whoever comes up with the best one, I'm going to give you a free copy of Jesus First, Jesus Always. I will judge it tonight. I'm going to get on Instagram at 6 o'clock. And I'm going to judge the best answer for the lemon. And I'm going to give you a free copy of Jesus First, Jesus Always. See, but he recognizes God as the source of his joy. And it changes his whole narrative. He starts saying what he will do. See, when you recognize God as the source of your joy, you stop waiting on forecasts to make your plans. And you go ahead and make your plans. It don't matter what the forecast is. Become like my family. We go to the beach together as a family. And we get there, we go, oh, it's a tropical storm. You're laughing. It's not funny. It's real. It's every time. We've gone to the beach four times in our lives. Three of them have been in the last three weeks. And you know how many of those three times it was a tropical storm? Three. I'm talking like Lawrence of Arabia type sandstorms. We got, and everyone's sitting around going, it's fun. 
you know, you're trying to sit in your chair. Everything's blowing away. I got boogie boards blowing down the beach. It's crazy. But you know what's interesting is it was fun. And we figured out a way through the whole thing to have fun because the source of our joy wasn't the weather. It was each other. See, we were there to celebrate who was there, not where we were. And, and it's the same way with David. When he declares that God is the source of his joy, the circumstances stop mattering so much. Then he goes on to say, ooh, this last part is so good. He says in verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Here's the, the fourth thing he does. He speaks, or the third thing. He speaks to his own soul. He starts talking to his soul. So the first thing he does, he asks for vindication. The second thing he does is he asks for divine and spiritual truth. And he recognizes God is the source of his joy. And that changes his narrative. And the third thing he does is he starts to speak to his own soul. I think one of the greatest reasons for a lack of happiness and joy in the life of most Christians is that we listen to ourselves too much and we don't talk to ourselves enough. I said we listen to ourselves too much, but we don't talk to ourselves enough. Somebody in the room say, speak to my soul. Come on, say, speak to your soul. You have to learn how to speak to your soul. In every other area of your life, other than speaking to your soul, learn how to be quiet. Why? Because our propensity is to talk. See, we need to learn how to be quiet more in almost every other area. Psalm 17, 28 says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. James 1, 9 says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You're supposed to be slow to speak. You're supposed to keep silent. I like that funny saying, Better to be perceived a fool in silence than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> or my favorite of all these quotes, no offense to the Bible, silence is golden, AMC theaters. Gosh, I miss popcorn and peanut M&Ms. But you have to learn how to speak to your soul. I love this. He says, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. What is he doing? He is say, he's drawing a line in his life. And he's saying, I will be joyful. I will have joy in my life. I will be happy. I cannot change the, the pandemic. 
I cannot change the quarantine. I can't change that COVID-19 has changed my communities, has changed the way people interact. I can't change any of that. What David is saying, I can't change any of that. Vindicate me, help me through all that. He's going, but please God, in the middle of my sadness, let me recognize that I need your divine truth. You are my source of joy. Then he turns his talk toward his own heart. He goes, hey, get yourself in line. You will have hope in the name of Jesus. You will have hope. You will have joy. You get yourself out of this funk in Jesus' name. You say, but what about poor mental health days? Ask David. He was having one. This was his answer. Speak to your soul. How do you do that? Boy, I like doing it with the word. I speak to my soul. How? I say when I feel like I ain't going to be enough there, I say, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. I say the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I say no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that will rise up against you in judgment thou shalt condemn for this is the heritage of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I say the, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I say bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. I say the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I say I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I say may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I said joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you speak to your soul. And I'm telling you, when you begin to speak to your soul, you start realizing you can have joy. You will have joy. Somebody say, I will have joy. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, I will have joy. We're going to go into some overtime bonus material here. I was going to save this, but because we crashed, we're just going to keep going. We'll do whatever we want to do. You know what I'm saying? We'll just keep going. All right. So here we go. I'm going to give you five things right now that typically can give us, give you joy in life. And I'll show you how they give us joy, sometimes in a natural sense, but we need to learn how to make sure that we get that same joy in a spiritual sense from these five things. Here's the things. Football, festivity, family, faith, and a future. Let's start with my favorite. And you're going to make you mad because I said it's my favorite, but football. <laughs> okay, we'll start with football. Now, look, you say, what does that mean, football? I don't even like football. Well, you like something. Football represents whatever it is you like. When your team is winning or when you're winning, there's some kind of little swag that people get when they're winning. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's a fact. There, when, when you're winning or your, your team is doing well or you are doing well, we're just gonna call that football. <laughs> it means things are going good for you. You can replace it with whatever word you could come up with. But for us and for me, that's what it represents. It means the joy of your team winning or the joy of winning. There's an inherent joy. I literally, when I lived in Dallas, I jumped up in the air so high when Tamaric Vanover ran the kickoff back against Miami on the opening play of the game in 1991. I jumped up so high in the air, I hit my head on the ceiling fan and I landed on my coffee table and broke it. And it didn't even hurt. Why, Omar? Because I was so happy. I had so much joy. That's, that's joy. I'm going to show you another clip of joy. We got it queued up. Let's put it up there if you got it. This was Amy and I, Not Rose Bowl, Florida State. I mean, I don't know what to say. We hadn't won a national championship since 1999. That's 2014 at the Rose Bowl with Amy when we beat Auburn. I was going, that's when Kelvin, the moment, the beginning of that was when Jameis threw the ball to Kelvin before the touchdown. That moment was the actual second that he caught that touchdown. So I was going nuts. So there's a joy inherent to winning. But you know what? Here's what I want to point out. There's also a joy to winning as a Christian. It says, I am more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. There should be a joy every day that we feel, because I'm going to tell you something. We've dropped a lot of touchdowns since that play. Florida State has. It's not always like that. So if I wait only till 1993, 1999, 2014, till when we're winning national championship, if I only let my joy be based in life off big events, I'm not going to have much joy. But if I learn how to take that football idea that winning in general gives us joy, and that's great. If you're playing Monopoly, which I will beat you at any time, let's go online. Challenge me. I'm just waiting. Come on. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm just getting off track. But the point is, when you're, win when you're winning, I love to win. I'm sure you do too. There's a joy that comes from that. But I should love winning spiritually more than I love to win naturally. And I'm saying there's a joy that comes from being more than a conqueror, knowing that you're winning in Christ, that you're growing a little bit. How about when you get up every day and you've got more patience than yesterday? You're winning. Amen. That's something to celebrate. So football. The second thing is festivity. What is festivity? It's the joy of good news. It's a special occasion. It's a holiday. It's food. It's, it's in the natural. It's just Festivity is when 
your mom calls you and says, you know what, I, I don't know if you really, you guys are interested in this tonight, but I was thinking about making some chicken wings and bringing them over tonight. Yeah, mom, bring them over. You don't have to think about that effort. Just always do that. If you feel like you're supposed to, just do it because that's amazing. That's going to get me joyful. <laughs> there, there is some joy that comes with someone sitting a meal down in front of you or, or you know, the other, the other day, Mia is, has graduated now. And at City of Life Christian Academy, we had a little thing here where we let all the seniors drive on the property and socially distanced. All of our teachers had on masks and we came up with a little party line and celebrated. And all the parents were out there in their cars honking for the people that came by and they gave them their cap and gown. There's just a joy in festivity. I mean, my daughter's face, she was beaming. By the way, City of Life Christian Academy, it was awesome. We gave free class rings to all of our seniors. I love that. We were able to just bless them. It's been such a tough year for them. So we want to do something and just bless them. So I'm excited for them about that. They're getting to pick those out. But there's a joy in festivity. But you know what? There should also be a joy in the festivity and now more than ever of being a part of God's family. How much do you wish we could be in this building together right now? There is a joy about worshiping together and standing next, or, or sitting next to the person that you're sitting next to right now at home worshiping, or sharing and connecting online. The festivity, the celebration of being together in worship, there's a joy that comes from that. And we should get joy from that. The joy, number three, of family. And that's just being with your, your family. And you know what? I put friends in that category too, because so many of our friends are really family to us as well. There's just a feeling of joy that you get from seeing your family, their face, seeing the face of a friend. And in the same way, we should get spiritual joy. That's the natural side. But there should be a spiritual joy that we get from seeing a brother or sister in Christ. We're a part of the most important family. That's the family of God. And you know what the Bible says about that? It says there is no Gentile that, or no Jew. That means race has nothing to do with this family. It says it's not male or female. That means gender has nothing to do with this family. It says slave or free. That means your freedom, your job, your occupation, what you do has nothing to do with it. What is it based on? The joy of being saved by Jesus and being made family by the blood of Jesus. We should celebrate that. We should get joy from that. The fourth thing that we get joy from is faith. That's no, and, and so there's a natural side of just believing kind of a little bit in your heart that something good is going to happen. Like maybe, you know, they're, they're, that piece of property that I've always looked at, maybe it'll open up and come on the market. There's, that's sort of a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Just hoping something good happens. But then there's a joy spiritually that we should have that is the joy of knowing all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. There's a knowing kind of faith. There's a joy that comes from that kind of faith that knows everything is going to be okay. And then finally, we get joy from knowing that we have a future. And so, so the natural side to that would be just looking forward to something. 
Do you have things on that little calendar in your mind? You know how when you look at that calendar in your mind, here we are in May, here's January, you got that little dot right here, that little, it's just sort of this, this, this light thing in your mind. And then down here, you got something coming up in the summertime that you're looking toward, you're looking forward to. What is that? That's just, that's the way our mind works. We look forward to things and we get joy and there's in that day that the day before we're about to, you remember that feeling when you were a kid and you knew you were going to Disney the next day? Oh my Lord, you can't sleep. You can't sleep that night. You're going nuts. You get so excited. You know, I, I, my daughter Zoe is, is so much, it's so much fun. I love all my kids, but having, having a, a daughter that's nine, she still does all this really, really cute, adorable, fun stuff. And when we have something planned, she always makes a really, really big deal about it. And she'll make signs. And, uh, you know, when we were doing our, our family date where we ordered takeout and watched a movie, she was the one who was behind the, creating the, the little movie theater and the concession stand and putting signs everywhere. And for days leading up, she's like, Daddy, I got to figure out what I'm going to wear to the date night. Uh, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of joy that comes from things in the future. And that's natural. There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. But the spiritual side of that is that there should be a joy for us knowing that our future is in his hands, ultimately with Jesus. I hate to do the predictable thing and go Jeremiah 29, 11 on you, but I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. There's a future for you in Christ that you should, your heart should well up with joy every time you think, what am I trying to do today? Give you a million reasons to be joyful. I'm trying to tell you, we need to recognize that God is our ultimate source of joy. And I want to tell you something else that if I haven't said it explicitly enough, let me say it right now. You've heard people say the unthinkable, that love is a decision. And you say, well, what about that feeling, you know, I had when I, you know, got married, the day I got married, shouldn't I have that now? Okay, well, if, if that's what you're going off of, you're going to have a very unhappy marriage. You will never feel that exact same way every, every single day. Love matures, it grows, it turns into something, and you make a decision over the long course to let love mature and grow and become finer as it moves forward. And feelings and emotions fluctuate during that time, but it's constantly going up and growing in the Lord if you give it to him. Joy is the same way. What is David doing in this passage? It's our text. He's making a decision that I will be joyful. I mean, it's a strange thing to say, but just say it right now. Say, I will be joyful. Come on, say it. I will have joy. That's it. Recognize God as the source of all your joy and stop listening to yourself so much and start speaking to your soul. People just say, trust, trust your instincts. Well, be really careful with that. Unless you are just filling yourself constantly with the word of God. And your instincts are nothing more than the residue on the left. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, uh, the mouth speaks. So unless it's just the overflow of God's word just coming out, don't trust your gut. Start speaking to your soul. And you speak his word over your soul until you get to the place where this no longer satisfies you. You want the real thing. If you think I'm gonna bite out of this lemon, you lost your mind. No, 
It's an analogy. Get the real thing today. Amen. Amen. Man, I had such a great feeling about today. I have a great feeling about today. God is resurrecting joy in some people. I just feel it in my heart that there are people watching right now. And I mean, this sounds pretty detailed, but I just really do feel that there are some people that have had a tough time smiling. You've had a tough time smiling. And I even feel like that there's some people that are watching that for years, you've had trouble smiling. I just feel right now today that when you let God become your source of spiritual truth, your source of joy, when you recognize today that one of the reasons that we have a tough time smiling is we're letting our circumstances dictate to us the level of our joy and happiness and we're putting a cap. But man, when you let God be the source, you take the lid off and it's exponential. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. That's, that's in the process, that's in the mud, as you trust in Him. Before you've got your miracle, may He fill you with all joy and peace as you trust so that you may overflow with hope by the power. I just, I'm, in Jesus' name, I'm agreeing with you right now. Every person who's had trouble smiling, every person who has had trouble feeling joy, recognizing joy in their life. I'm just, in Jesus' name, I'm agreeing with you right now that the Holy Spirit is doing a deep, powerful work right now. And you say, well, who, who is that too? Any person that will reach out and grab a hold of that, I agree and I join my faith with you right now. And in Jesus' name, I speak to whatever stronghold in your life that has been holding you back from living in the fullness of God's joy and His hope. And right now, I come into agreement with you right now. It is broken. It is broken in Jesus' name. You are free in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, if I could lay my hand on you, I would. I can't right now, but I'm praying for you. And right now in Jesus' name, what am I doing? I'm agreeing with you right now in Jesus' name. Man, I just want you to be free today. You are, we are. There's seasons in my life I've walked through, I had trouble smiling, so I know the feeling but I also know the feeling of when God gave me my joy back. Oh, it's wonderful. I believe that's happening for you. It can only happen as a result of Jesus. So today, if you're watching, I wanna give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus, to make sure that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. There's no other way that we can be saved. Who is Jesus? He is God's plan of salvation. If you wanna know more about Him, and you wanna follow him and seek after him, I encourage you to continue connecting here at City of Life. We're gonna tell you in just a moment after I pray some ways that you can kind of go to the next level in your faith to learn more about Jesus, about what it means to follow him, to serve him, to surrender your heart to him. But right now, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. So if you're watching right now and you say, that's me, I need Jesus. I want that kind of joy in my life. I don't have it. I want a joy that has everything to do with him, not my circumstances. And I recognize that that comes from Jesus. If that's you right now, literally lift your hand up, physically lift your hand up in the air and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Then if you're watching and you can type, type in those chat rooms right now, say, I'm lifting my hand. Type it, say, I need Jesus in my life. Type that. And we wanna connect with you and agree with you in Jesus' name that everything is about to change right now. Would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins 
turning away from the old life, walking into a brand new life with you, Lord. I will never be the same. You are the source of my joy. You are the source of my salvation. I will follow after you from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise today. Come on, give him a clap. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.